0: Today's scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and
1: all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God. Mine. Hi, everybody! Welcome to uh, New Mercy. Uh, for the it's a little bit loud. If we can just lower just a tad bit, thank you. Uh, my name is Key. Uh, I'm one of the pastors at, at this church, and this is Pastor One j Hudson. He's another one of the pastors. Uh, if you haven't been here the past uh, month or so, or the past couple of weeks. Uh, We're actually right in the middle of uh, what we're calling Community Month here at New Mercy. And so basically everything we've been doing, all the sermons have been uh, geared toward, um, you know, talking about community. Uh, Our activities have been geared toward building uh, community and things like that. Now, the problem with trying to cover community in one month is just, you know, three sermons is not enough. Uh, you know, this is a very short series. You know, community is such a huge topic, and so um, you know, today we wanted to actually give an opportunity, or, or the pastors, an opportunity to talk, to talk frankly and to explore some ideas uh, that they would not have had a chance to explore if they did a standard sermon. And so, what we're going to do something a little bit different today. We don't do this very often. I think we've done this maybe twice before here at the church. Uh, what we're going to have is a conversation between me and Pastor One J. Uh, and conversations, you know, when you hear people talk, you can get a better sense of how they feel, right, because it's a little bit more raw. We actually didn't practice this. This is unscripted. <laughs> no practice at all. Uh, and you get a better sense of uh, their convictions because they get, to, they, you know, they, they get to talk freely. So that's what we're, we're, we're trying to do today, and hopefully as you guys listen to us, uh, you'll be able to maybe, I don't get a glimpse of how pastors feel about church community. Um, just in the raw, and uh, we pray that that will be helpful for you guys. Also, because we are a community, we, um, we want to get the body's thoughts as well, and that's you guys, because you're part of the community, and your thoughts uh, influence the culture of the community, your thoughts matter. And so what we've done is, I don't know if you came in, you guys got an index card and with a pen. Uh, while we're talking, uh, we're going to ask you guys to write two things. If we can throw that slide up there, um, the first slide. Do we not have one? We do? Okay, here we go. Two things uh, you would love to see happen in our church community, Okay, whether you're new, uh, whether you're old. uh, And it's going to be anonymous. You don't have to write your name, so you can be as honest as you want. Uh, and what we're going to do is as we're talking, the elders are going to come around, they're going to collect the cards, they're going to bring them down to us, and uh, we're only going to talk for maybe about 15 minutes, and what we're going to do after that is we're going to interact with some of the cards. We'll we'll read a a few of them. We can't get through all of them today. uh, Read through a few of them, and then maybe respond and and talk about it a little bit. And then the rest of the cards, which we don't get to, we're going to take with us, and during our staff uh, meetings this week, we're going to discuss them and and, pray over them and see where God... You know, maybe leading our community. So, so that's kind of what we're doing today. We hope it's enjoyable for you guys and insightful and helpful. Uh, and to get started, I, I'd like to hand it over to Pastor Juan J. We're each going to talk about maybe two things that we feel really convicted about church community, uh, and then hopefully we'll have some conversation happen.
0: My name is Onesiel uh one of the full-time pastors here. Where's John by the way?
1: He's on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> Usually there's three. <laughs>
0: could be, could be three of us, but we'll be okay. So much because bad, so. Um, not complaining. Praise the Lord. Uh, for for me, just to start, uh, when we whenever we do things like this, uh, when we think about community or uh, focus in on a topic, uh, I want to kind of say this first. We're not Sense we probably won't get there, right? of it. but it's okay because also that process of struggling through, through the ups and downs, I think that's also the beauty of the gospel community. So, I'm just going to lay that out there. So, we're not aiming for perfection, we're not, you know, we're not trying to be like the perfect community, but with all our brokenness, all our fallenness, um, we, we still in, in, in the gospel. me, I just I just do my two things first. Okay? Two things first. That's from my heart. I was thinking about it. Just just gonna lay it out there. Uh, for me, two things. Maybe for me, what I would love to see here at university, It's been six years for us. Right, six years since we started this church, and it's been it's been amazing. Really, um, the community that we have among pastors. Some of you guys know we have a multi-round table model. But we don't have a head pastor, but so we sit around the table, uh, our table serving. But for me, two things. um, One is I would personally love to see New Mercy uh, grow into a community uh, that really embraces that for, for us, more of us, always uh, have that in which means, practically for me, uh, as some of you guys can tell, I'm a faab, I'm right. I was born in Korea, uh, came, came to the States when I was about 13, uh, finally immigrated to 13. Our family came back and forth for a long time, uh, Korea, America, Korea, for like three four years each, we lived here and there, and uh, it was hard for me. I wasn't doing that well. My parents were going through issues, and financial issues, um, identity issues for me personally, spiritual issues, and stuff. And it was actually during those times uh, that, t- that that time period I encountered the Lord in a very powerful way. And it was through the community, the church uh, I attended my whole church actually is in Pasley Park, so the church on Broad Avenue. Uh, I grew up there, and I remember at during those days. Going into getting uh, involved in that community, even as a youth, young, seventh-grade, African, full haircut, can't speak English, uh, insecure, this, this young, I was very skinny. I was really skinny, just, just didn't know who I was. but yet, that small youth group community embraced me. And y- when I think back now. I'm Particularly, there were there was uh, this older sister. I still remember. uh, She, for some reason, just really. My calling towards ministry and all that kind of truth of it, and, and that really stayed with me. And, um, and whenever I get involved with church or, or part of the community, that's what I'm grateful. that That's what the gospel is that we can embrace anyone, and that's the whole point, right? You know, the book of Galatians talks about that. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male or you are already one in Jesus Christ. For Paul, who was a Jew, to say this, is just, paradigm shift is just crazy. There's no 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 Jew or Gentile, we're all the same. Uh, slave or free, we're all the same. Male or female, we're all the same. Everybody is one in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, for so,
1: for me, that's my first one. Yeah, can I say something? To that? Yeah, I mean, I really like that. I I think another way to kind of say, or another maybe uh, angle uh, of this is to not prejudge what um, God can do through people. Uh, If you look in the Gospels, right, you see Jesus. He approaches uh, people who, I mean, society would not have approached to become leaders of, say, a a next religion or movement. And so you see Peter and these disciples and things like that. so you know, I really like that. For me, as a minister, um, I remember a few years back, um, this girl came to our church, and she stayed afterward to ask for prayer, and I remember while I was talking to this person, the the, the prayer request that she shared with me, just the thoughts that she was thinking, I'm like, man, this girl is hopeless. I and pastors actually think this. And I was like, man, there's no hope for this girl. I, I don't know if anything's going to change and blah, blah, blah. So I, I prayed for her, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was a big mistake on my, my part, writing this person off, because this person eventually um, got in just for some reason one day started um, asking for discipleship, not only in our church, but from people outside of our church. Uh, and eventually this person became a missionary. Um, and became really just the, the new creation that I literally saw in her after God had, had done this work in her, uh, I completely would not have seen if I uh, had just completely ran her off. Because, you know, I did come back, and I did interact with her, and I did you know, eventually relate with her, and I, I recognized, my goodness, I was, that was a mistake. You know, God can really do anything through anybody. Uh, and, you know, to Wanjie's first point or his um, introduction about being a church for the broken, you know, one of the things that our society struggles with is they see a church as a place you go to if you're moral, if you're good, if you have it together. Uh, but that's not what the gospel is. And it really, you know, my hope is through New Mercy and, you know, other churches in the area uh, will be a place where people recognize, my goodness, this place is a, is a hospital for sinners, Right, Which means we're all working through our issues. We all have different things that we're struggling with. Uh, and the gospel is that we are called together as a family to work through these things together. And if you bring people together who are sinners in a hospital, they're going to have problems. You know, Churches have problems. But my hope is the message that we send or we give out to the world as a community is not that we're supposed to be perfect people here. Uh, I mean, ideally, that's what God wants for us eventually. But in the process of getting there, we are going to be flawed, but the message of the, of the church is that there's hope for everybody, and God wants us to make us his children and rehabilitate us. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, I, I really like what Pastor wanya said about that.
0: Yeah, I think that's why... Uh Sometimes I think we think, oh, you know, if, if, if I could share it, you know. what happened to me in the past, or by my sin or my trouble, people would hate me, or they would be so shocked and surprised. Uh, no. We, we, like, mean, we heard pretty much. You know. Don't think it shocked us anymore. And it's okay. I think that's, that's, the, that's the power of the power of the gospel. It's okay. It's okay to be in your brokenness. So, so come and share. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how healing starts. Right? And that's the whole point of it. Your story, mm-hmm. uh, and your pain, your hurt, and that's that's how it starts. And yeah. cover it up if you're always totally unknown. It's not going to heal. It's not going to change. Uh, but the gospel is, it allows us, gives us the freedom and the trust that we
1: can be alone with ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, um really, nothing will shock us. We've heard everything. Uh You don't need to be afraid I mean, of that.
0: I would just say this: that hopefully, you don't also see us as. I have no idea, you should see this, then. but yeah. general, we, we, I mean, we're like, just like you guys, right? We have, we have hurt, we get angry, we have pain, we, we don't want to get up, but they want the same thing. So, so, you know, um so hopefully also you could give us grace, all the pastors, all the leaders that we're, we're saying, sing that's, that's why it's so beautiful,
1: that we want to do this together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should see our staff meetings. It's uh we actually go at it sometimes uh, because, you know, we're people, we struggle and things like that. But can I actually, I think my first point kind of pick, piggybacks uh, off of yours. Just one, one point of clarification. You know, we're not saying, you know, you come here broken and we're just going to accept you and you're just going to leave, we're going to leave you in your brokenness. No, we are going to accept you. But, you know, uh, we hope to, being a church over the broken is also about helping people uh, grow out of their brokenness as well, and, you know, we do that together as a family. So, I, you know, I think my first point actually really resonates with what Pastor One J said. You know, in the church, believe it or not, there, there are stigmas. You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say this is actually only true for Asian uh, American churches, but also just general, the general evangelical church here in America, uh, there are stigmas. And uh, one of the big stigmas that uh, we have that I've, I've always felt a burden for is uh, the stigma of mental health, right? Isn't it fascinating that uh, in the church, somebody can add, share that they have cancer, and the church will rally around them and pray for them and just be like, yes, you know, we, we want healing in your life. But once they share something like, you know, I'm clinically depressed or uh, I'm bipolar uh, or I struggle with OCD, all of a sudden it just becomes a little bit more, you know, people are a little bit more awkward uh, around this. Uh, Schizophrenia, for example, I've known many people in church uh, with that. I remember this one retreat that I did. Um, Afterward, I asked people to come up for prayer, and for some reason I, I felt... Uh, prompted to be like, you know, no matter what you're struggling with, whether it's, you know, uh, addiction to pornography, um, you know, some physical sickness, or whether, you know, you, you're struggling with mental illness, uh, please come up. I remember as I was praying, one kid came up to me and said, you know, I, I actually have obsessive-compulsive disorder. I don't really tell many people about it. I'm taking medication for it. Uh, can you pray for me? Uh, and what was interesting is as he was talking to me, I could tell he didn't feel comfortable because the church generally isn't as open as, as it could be for, for, for things like that. And uh, you know, I know another church, for example, where um, a, a leader struggled with bipolar disorder, and this person felt more comfortable sharing her struggles with people outside of the church than with people inside the church. right? And that's so tragic to me because the one place where she should have felt most comfortable, she felt least comfortable. And the scripture that really kind of speaks to me uh, about this is um, when Jesus says, I've come for the sick, not for the well. Everybody's sick. I mean, as Christians, this is basic theology, everybody is sick, right? Uh, but one dimension that we, we, we tend to forget is when Jesus says, uh, I've come for the sick, he's not only talking about certain sicknesses, he's saying all sicknesses. So all parts of you that are broken including mental illness and things like that, I have come. And I, I pray that the church will be a place where people will feel normalized enough in their brokenness to be able to, to share these things and to receive help uh, for these things. And that really is my hope. That one, you know, one, We have a, a pastoral counselor here at New Mercy that because we feel a real burden for this, Pastor John, he's in sabbatical, he's a PhD, the guy who's not here, right? Um, but we want to take it further, not just, oh, if you have... Struggles, go see him. But we want it to be: we can help each other, we can support one another. At the end of the day, people with mental illness, those who survive, those who do the best, are people who have a vast support network, and the church should be one of those. And, and, and you know, that's that's one of our big hopes.
0: I suppose. I'm sure we call it uh, And and you know, Pastor report one of the pastors I really respect. He's it, just so open, even with his mental illness, uh, you know, and you know, situation with his son, uh, even inside suicide. I mean, we don't talk about those kind of things too much, but he's really open. I pray, um, very just very straight to the point that we become uh, community that, that prays more. That prays more, you know. Uh, in the in the Bible, um, there are a few times we see Jesus really gets angry. Right? Really gets angry, and this anger is not sinful anger, but it's uh, you know it's a holy anger, right? It's holy anger, which is which is okay. Uh, there's there's a difference, right? In anger, don't sin. So verses like that. So Jesus, we we see. The, Jesus getting angry, and uh, one example that we see is when Jesus enters into the temple, and he sees these merchants selling stuff, and changing money, and ripping people off, and there are they're the three, three um, Is saying in some sense at the center, at the heartbeat of the church, my house, Jesus' house, shall be called the house of prayer. What she at the core of the church, in some sense, should be the spirit of prayer. And this prayer is not. We, I think, pray for the things that we do as most important. All of us, we pray for ourselves. I think you pray for your children, you pray for our jobs, careers. So, prayer is somehow linked to ownership. That's why I think when we see communities, And really, really so that's another thing for me. Um, I know, you know we, we talk
1: about prayer a lot, a lot of times, but uh, can we can we grow uh, deeper, uh, becoming a church that we, we pray together? Um, so be nice. Great, thanks, Pastor Rondi. I really like that a lot. Uh, actually, is there any way the elders, if you can maybe start bringing the cards down here? Um, Thank you. Uh, as I bring him now, I'll just kind of talk through just a thought I had while he was talking. You know, it's interesting is, um, <sighs> you know, I went on I w- I a sabbatical a few years ago. Wow, that's a, that's a lot. OK. Um, and while I was there, I went to Reform Theolo- Theological Seminary down in Florida, and I met one of the professors there, just a really great guy, and he was sharing how, uh, when, he, when his daughter was younger, she had a massive brain tumor. Um, and, you know, he just told his church and what the church did was without like, they didn't, they weren't the most organized church, but they were organized enough around prayer that they said, Hey, you know, someone in our church is struggling with prayer. Let's get together. And the whole body just got together uh, and they started praying uh, for, for this girl. And, you know, the good news is, is the brain tumor, the next time they did a scan, it was gone. So, I mean, that's that, that's pretty awesome, but that's not the point. The, the point is, I want a community where, let's say I'm going through something, I can just be like, hey, you know, can you guys pray for me? And the church will drop things and be like, hey, you know, this person needs something. Let, let's pray for them. I know uh, stories of where missionaries, they're going through difficult times, uh, and the body will just be like, we need to pray for them. And they would get together just spontaneously one evening, you know, and then they would just pray. And, uh, you know, my hope is that in, in that dimension, we would uh, definitely become, uh, a, a house of prayer as well. I, mean, I think
0: you know, we have Wednesday prayer. So I don't know, especially, um, we don't see too many edge order people. Right, in that Wednesday prayer. Not that you guys don't pray, but I know it's a, it's a journey how to Hackensack and to our hub. We have an office, we call it the hub, right? In Hackensack. Well, at the hub,
1: Okay, so I mean, we're running a little tight on time, so we're going to go straight into the cards. I won't have time to really s- share my second point, but one of you guys actually, excuse me, uh, one of you guys mentioned uh, it in one of your cards. You wrote, greater awareness and empowerment about social justice around our city and country. And I completely, excuse me again, I completely agree with that. Uh, we have a, um, a, a, um, a justice and mercy ministry here at the church. We're just getting started. If you want to get involved with that, please let me know. I'm I'm kind of uh, the pastor on, on that team. And we really believe that that is a huge part of the gospel. I think some churches actually struggle with that. They're, they're more kind of all about building themselves up, and they forget to go outward. We have Mercy Global as well, where we five different countries we go to right now or something like that uh, every year. Uh, But really, that is a huge burden. But one thing I do want to say about this is, you know, in our culture, it's fascinating. It's our culture, you know, in in a lot of Christian circles, it's become almost trendy. I I hesitate to use that word, but I'm just on the spot. I can't think of a better one right now. But uh Trendy to be like, hey, you know, let's be about social justice. Let's be about sex trafficking and, and all those things. And I think that's very, very important. And I'm all about championing that stuff. If you know, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm always writing about that stuff. Um, but one of the things I think that we Christians forget is this. Uh, in the book of James, uh, towards the beginning, James says, religion that is pure and faultless in God's eyes is what? When we look after our widows and orphans, and keep ourselves from being polluted from the world, right? It's interesting. A lot of churches, they're like all about, yes, let's be about justice. Let's be about these things, and frankly, a lot of churches need to do better about that, but they they do talk the talk, right? But when it comes to internal moral life, your internal righteousness, it's like, ah, you know, it's okay. They're sleeping with each other, whatever, you know broken, just kind of leave them like that. Uh, Again, we accept people, all forms of brokenness, but at the same time, God does want us to grow, right? And what a lot of Christians tend to forget is um, your internal life will actually have an impact on how you do justice and how you love other people, believe it or not. There is always an intimate connection. And so we want to be a community that both champions the outward movement, but also the inner growth and inner movement as well, uh, because we think both are, are tied together. Again, never going to be fully perfect but God when you look at the Bible he says he wants you to grow he wants you to be sanctified and uh, we want to be a church that um, really in the community strikes that, that biblical um, balance because we, we do believe it's important even though it's not trendy with our culture right now like oh why are you so stiff you're about morality and righteousness but you know eventually God does want us to grow in those areas as well yeah I mean did you see any that you, you liked that yeah. you want to talk about
0: Genuine fellowship, uh, people coming to serve one another. Everybody serving in some capacity. Family groups. Uh, This is interesting. One person wrote, "Pastor to visit each family." Um,
1: (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Um, so we this year we actually, <laughs> this year we had this initiative where we wanted to reach out to as many families as possible. But, you know, our, our church is, we, it's not just us here. We have two other, we have another site and two other services. So it's actually a lot of people. And we just had aren't able to do that. And that's actually not the biblical model of the church. I don't know if you remember my talk from last week. Uh, but if you didn't, if you weren't here, you can listen to it. The Bible actually says the church the leaders of the church are supposed to equip the members of the church, and the members of the church are supposed to be ministering to one another. That's how the model of the church is supposed to be. That that doesn't mean, you know, we're going to be like, oh, you guys just do all the work. No, we, you know, we will do our visitations. You know, sometimes people are going through tough things, and sometimes we just, you know, want to catch up. Pastors, a lot of my week is actually spent doing that. But, of course, we're limited in our staff, and we can't reach everybody. But that should not... That shouldn't be the model that's in your mind. The model should be, how can I reach out to my brothers and sisters? And think about that. If, every, if all the congregants are thinking about, hey, how can I do my part in reaching out to other people, um, I think you will see a very different culture here at the church. But
0: yes, uh, but if you do want any of the pastors to visit, just email us. We're very open. You can
1: buy us dinner. Or Absolutely. If you buy us dinner, no problem. Okay, we actually have don't much, don't have much more time. Just one more thing. Somebody mentioned here. I want New Mercy to experience the Holy Spirit regularly uh, through prayer, serving, uh, more experience, and things like that. Uh, we do believe in the spiritual gifts. Um, there's nothing in the Bible that says those things have have stopped. Uh, you know, um, you know. Uh, prayer for healing and, and and things like that, and uh, we do actually have people in our church who are gifted in these areas, the prophetic uh, and and stuff. But you know, we're a little bit more laid back about it because uh, we don't want people to be scared off by it and things like that. But we definitely um, recognize that that is important for the for the building up of God's body. But one thing I do want to say about that particular culture—I mean, some, some people call it the charismatic culture or whatever—it's um, interesting because the Bible never talks about seeking the gift simply for your own, your own edification. Paul always positions it, the gifts that you have, you should always be seeking for the benefit of others. Right? It's always there. And, you know, a lot of, I've been to different charismatic circles and things like that, and they're like, yeah, you know, get this gift, get this gift. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's about me, but that's not what we're aiming for here at New Mercy. We want, we want the Holy Spirit to be working here for what Paul says is a purpose, which is the edification of, of the body.
0: so that we can go out. Right? So in the Bible, you know, God lays out the great commandment. You love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, God. and so and love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment, but the greatest commandment doesn't
1: You have any last words, Pastor Wanji? You good? Okay, we're actually, uh, I mean, wish we could talk longer. I didn't realize it would go so fast, but we're actually going to go into a time of uh, communion right now. Uh, this is uh, sometimes called the Lord's Supper. And um, let's see if I can get this thing to work. Okay. Um